Thank the Lord for our young people. May the Lord continue to bless them as our prayer. We do want to make mention of a, one thing here before we get into our service. We've just received a card from the Healy's, and they're thanking the church family for her love and generosity. And during their time of need, we just pray the Lord will continue to bless. Brother Healy is home now. And I uh, want you to continue to pray for him and his family and whatever the Lord has for him. And we know that uh, the Lord's able. We just pray that God will continue to bless them and show them what what he wants for in their lives. Just pray for uh, Brother Healy. Pray God's help to him as he continues to get well, get stronger, and just... Uh, have to learn how to do a lot of things all over, but pray for him that the Lord will give him everything that he stands in need of there. If you would, I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Luke for a little while this evening, the book of Luke, chapter 14, as where we want to take our message from this evening. And I want to begin at verse 15 of this text, but I will actually read for our opening statement, verse 23. And I want you to just think about this, and I want you to consider what Jesus Christ is speaking of here. As a church family, I want you to think about what lies outside these doors. You know, a lot of times people think of the mission field as something that's far away. But I want you to know exactly where your mission field begins is right outside these doors. This community this community needs a, a church such as ours to go out and to invite them to the Lord, give them the gospel, invite them to church, and just pray and just watch how God works. The Bible says in verse 23 of this text, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. I want to bring a message tonight compelling from the highways and hedges. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne this evening, we do so with very thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God, that over the years you have blessed this church immensely. She has always had a desire to see this community saved by your grace She's always had a drive to see others come to the, the house of God to worship in spirit and truth. Lord, I pray tonight that we will understand the reason behind all this. I pray, Lord, you'll help us to see what thy will would be for our, us in our lives. But not only that, we pray for the lost in this house tonight. Lord, that they may come to an understanding of why it is that so many cared so deeply for them. Lord, that they may come to a knowledge of understanding of salvation. Lord, we do pray that you will bless in a very special way this afternoon. Watch over us and Lord, forgive us our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, his sake that I pray. And amen. Emmanuel, our message is taken from a college prayer meeting that we had back in 2008 at Brother and Sister Breedlove's home. That's a, quite a while back. But as I recall, that night we stood and we give a message on why it was so important to go and invite others to the Savior. 
I've only preached this message one time as far as I recollect. In an open church service, that was at uh, uh, Springfield, Illinois. I preached in a, um, in a conference there. And I brought that message about compelling from the highways and hedges. And I was making a statement concerning uh, the place where the church was. The church was located on one side of the tracks... Then right directly adjacent to the church house was the railroad and, and on the other side of the railroad was thousands of houses, homes beyond measure that I could see. And I had spoke to an individual of that church. I said, do you all ever go across the tracks? You know, a lot of times if you're on the wrong side of the tracks, you're not counted as much. I know down home where I used to live, down there against those river bottoms, you know, if he was on the wrong side of the tracks, you were what they called river rats. I mean, we lived on the river. We lived right close to the high river. And that's what most people would call, uh, some of the up-the-ups would call those that live on that side of the tracks, were called river rats. But uh, regardless of what it is, you know, there was a people there that needed salvation. There were individuals there across the tracks there in Springfield, Illinois, that needed to hear the message of salvation. Now, there were all kinds of churches in the community. There were all kinds of different isms that were, that were uh, uh, going about. You know, the charismatics were very active in the area. And they, were, they were really enticing a, a, a generation of people uh, to come to their services because of the way they carried on, the things that they'd done in a really charismatic manner. And it excited people. But I asked the church there in Springfield, I asked them, I said, but you're the ones that have the truth. Have you ever been to the other side of the tracks? That's what spurned this message tonight. I've never preached this message to my recollection to our whole church family. And I thought that as homecoming and vacation Bible school was approaching, that we would bring it this evening. As we prepare to fill the house of God, let us do so with these scriptures in our minds. As we look at verse 15 down through verse 24 of this text, Jesus says in verse 16, Then said He unto them, a certain man made a great supper, and he bade many. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for now all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. And you know to our personal workers, to those that go out door to door, I mean, I heard even this week of a couple of our men that were going out and, yeah, they do, they hear excuses. <laughs> regardless of what situation you're in, regardless of what community you're about to go into, people have all kinds of excuses of why it is they don't go to church. And that's what Jesus Christ is showing us here. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it, I pray thee, have me excused. 
And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. The things of life begin to creep in. And that's what happens in a lot of different lives today in different communities. Uh, People that don't go to church, it's not necessarily that they don't want to go, but many times it's that they have too many things in their lives that are taking place. And that's the way this man was. He said, you know, I've got to go prove these oxen and I've got to be excused. And another said, I have married a wife. Therefore, I cannot come. I'm going to just go bypass that one. I do not want to get myself in trouble on a Sunday night. (laughs) So the servant came and showed his Lord these things. And then the master of the house, being angry, said unto his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. Folks, I'll tell you, there's always room in the house of God for a soul to come in. Amen? There's always room in the house of God for somebody who is steeped in sin to come in and find a place of sweet rest. You know, a lot of churches today and a lot of people like to turn away certain individuals because they don't look the part. They don't act the part. They are, they're different than what they are. And, they, and therefore, they're afraid of them. And, and listen, what they need is the Lord, though. That's what they need tonight. I believe I mentioned this here a little while back about souls that we have had visited over the, over the years of my ministry here in this church. We have visited individuals that were that were strung out on dope, and we have we have we have visited people that were uh, 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 of, of a lesser of a lesser state of mind than what we uh, would think that they ought to be. And I've heard people say, "Listen, you need not go there. You need to be careful about where you're going." Listen, what people need tonight is the Lord. Amen. They need the Lord. That'll change everything about them. You know, I had an individual say once, you know, well, listen, I, I, I hate to give up everything that I'm doing here. And I want, to, I want to live it up a while. And if I get saved, as you're saying, I'll have to give up all those things. I want you to know what's going to happen in you if you really get saved by the grace of God. It's not you're going to have to give up anything. You're going to be willing to give up all that is stands against the holy God of heaven. The Bible states this now in verse 20. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant said again, he told him to go out and quickly get all that he can to fill up the room. Verse 23, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Folks, I want you to know something today. Hearing the gospel message is a powerful thing. It's an invitation to come to the table, the banqueting house. It's an invitation to come and, and, and be filled to the full of whatever that it is that you need. 
It is an invitation to take upon you the bread of life and, and to be sustained for all eternity. That's what the invitation is. It is to fill you up with the living water. The Bible states here that this man, as he had pleaded with the, the congregation or with the crowd to come in, and everybody started making excuses, the Lord said, listen, you go and you compel them that are in the highways and hedges. And you know what that word compel means? It means to draw them in. It means to do everything in your power to, to, to make them want to come to the house of God or come to the place where they can find solace and rest. They need to see an example of what they need. They need to see Christian examples. The uh, people that are living for the Lord and, and not being hypocritical about their lifestyle. Church family, tonight I want you to know Laurel Road needs to know that it's supper time. Amen? And as revival time nears, there's a need today for more than ever for personal workers. I want you tonight to think about this. There was a time in our ministry here where we would have six to seven men that would go out on a weekly basis going out door to door and talking to people about Jesus. That dwindled down to, a, to just a handful and then, a, then we, we began to just go on every other week and then we went once a month and then and now you know we don't, we don't hardly go like we used to. I'm glad today that we have heard that of those that have been going out door to door here in the last week, uh, uh, giving out uh, revival notices and vacation Bible school flyers. Listen, I want you to know those things are important. It's important to go and, and invite those folks and let them know, listen, it's supper time. He's bidding us to come because now all things are ready. Listen, I want you to know something. The all things that are ready is the fact of salvation is at the door. Jesus Christ has died on the cross of Calvary. He shed His precious blood, was buried, rose again the third day for your justification. It's ready. Listen, it's supper time. It's time to be filled to the full. That's what we're seeing here tonight. You know, the work that personal workers do is invaluable. Listen, I know I've heard of men that have been going out and, and not just a couple of men that were going out and doing a, a door-to-door on the vacation Bible school work and the revival notices, but other men that have been going out and, and seeing folks in the neighborhood. Listen, I want you to know those things are, are invaluable. Those are, those are things that, that people look to and they remember. They remember when the preacher used to come and, and all the time, you know, I remember... Oh, uh, oh, uh, Mr. Jumbo Webster, oh, Brother Jim, he'd, he'd always, he would take me up there when I first became the pastor here. And I'd talk to Mr. Webster about his soul and about salvation. I remember one time as I was working, uh, uh, going through Belfont Hospital, and, and I was going down the hallway, and there stood Jumbo Webster, and, and he hollered at me and said, Hey, preacher. He said, I need to pray. I need prayer. Folks, I'll tell you what, people remember those things when you come to their houses. People remember the things that you, that you say to them and they, they take you seriously when they, when they have their time of need. Who is it that they call on? They may never come to the house of God, but who is it when they call when they have a need? Listen, I want you to know something. They'll call on that one 
who's been there who's showed an interest in their lives. Folks, I'll tell you, it's important. It's important to let others see that there's a, that there's a people here that love them and, and, and they love the Lord and they, and they love the ability to go and, and invite them to church and invite them to the things of God. If, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll get the door slammed in your face before you ever give your name. But listen, those are times that you'll never forget too because you were doing exactly what the Lord said for you to do. The Bible states it very well about even how we're supposed to go out to, where to go out two by two according to the Word of God. That's the safest way and that's the best way to stay out of trouble is going two by two. Sometimes in my ministry I've had to go out by myself and many times I've gone in and out of these hollers and up and down these roads by myself giving the Gospel. Listen, those are things that people remember. People remember the fact that a preacher would walk out in a tobacco field and stop everybody and give them a gospel track and tell them about Jesus. People forget about the, they forget about all the troubles and, and, and when the preacher comes and, and he may be handing up a stick of tobacco up in the barn even. Folks, I want you to know some people look at those things and they remember those things as somebody that cares for them. We need workers to bring the helpless to Christ. Who are the helpless? Those who do not know the Lord is their Savior. Listen in Mark in chapter 2, verses 3 uh, uh, down through verse 5. Notice what it says here. Mark in chapter 2. I want you to think about this. There are those, we were talking a while ago about people we used to pick up on the way to church when I was a little boy. I'll never forget picking up the, the dear old ladies that, that, we, uh, that we cherish in our memories tonight. Sister Almy Rife and uh, Sister Ruby Rife, uh, Scott. And, and I remember as we would pick them up, on a, especially on a Wednesday evening, as we would be traveling out the way and we'd take them to church. You know, all you heard was, uh, was the joy and the cackling and the laughing that was going on. Those old ladies knew how to, to live the Christian life. They, they understood what it was to be happy. And the Bible states here in Mark in chapter 2, uh, verses 3 down through verse 5, notice what it says here, And they came unto Him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto Him for the press... They uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let him down in a bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, you know who he's talking about? He's not necessarily just talking about the one who was sick of the palsy. He was talking about the workers. He was talking about those personal workers who were helping that one to come down and, you know, to, to get to see Jesus. That's who he was talking about. And when he saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Listen, you never know what it means uh, uh, to be able to, to reach out to these young people in these hollers and, and up and down this, this road here on Laurel. And you're telling them to come to Vacation Bible School. You're picking them up. You're taking them to the house of God. Listen, who knows what that's going to happen and what that's going to, what kind of bearing that's going to have in the years to come. Who knows? Listen, that's the reason why it's so important to take time. That's the reason why I'm so thankful for our adult, our adults in this in this house 
because they, they take time to be a part of the Vacation Bible School. Many churches today, you never see adults working in the Vacation Bible School or just coming to class as their own class. You know what that does? That shows those young people that, listen, that's something special. That's something good. They must like coming to the house of God. You'll never know what it's going to be when you're telling somebody else to come to the house of God or picking them up and bringing them yourselves, what kind of reward that may give you in the years to come. You never know. The second thing that I want you to remember, listen, we need workers to win friends and family to the Lord. Listen, one of the greatest things you can do as a parent is teach your children about Jesus. Amen? And you know, don't be one of these parents that says, I'm going to let them decide what they want to do with the Lord. I want to let them decide when they hear about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I want them to uh, just take their time. Listen, the best thing for a parent to do tonight is to tell their children about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Dying for their sins and paying their sin debt on Calvary. That's the greatest thing that you can do for your children and for your grandchildren. Listen, I want you to know the Bible tells us very plainly in John chapter 1, if you remember what John was stating here, John was stating he came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Folks, I want you to know something tonight. It's a great and glorious thing to tell your children about Jesus. You gather them by your side at night before you put them to bed. You tell them about Jesus. You tell them why Jesus came to the cross of Calvary and how that He died and gave His life that they might have life and have it more abundantly. How that they may have life and share it in heaven with them in a day yet coming. That's one of the greatest things that you can do for your children. Listen to that. Compel. What does it mean to compel? It means to do everything in your power. To move them. To act with them. That's what it means to compel them from the highways and hedges. Go out into the, the byways, wherever they may be, and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Folks, I want you to know someday people look at us and and, and, and a lot of churches they'll, and a lot of preachers will look at us and they'll say, man, what in the world are you all doing there? You know, uh, a lot of places, you know, you, you're, they're used to having six, seven, maybe eight people. And, and they look at us and they say, what in the world are you all doing over there? You, what are you doing to have so many people? Listen, one of the greatest things and one of the greatest directions I can give them is that this is a people that love the Lord and tell others about Jesus. Listen, it's not up to us. The results are not up to us. You see, that's, that's where a lot of people mess up. They try to make the results themselves. They try to make results happen themselves. And the Bible says all we're supposed to do is tell others about Jesus. That's our only calling and our only duty. Tell others about the Savior. Let Him have the results. Listen, you know this. You understand it well. A child that is raised in the house of God, 
around the people of God. They have a desire in the years to come to be just like that people. And you know what happens? They have a drawing that comes because of those that live the life that they say. The third thing I want you to think of was we need workers that save souls from death. In John James chapter 5, listen, we hear that we see the, the, the scriptures. You know how important it is to be a people who will do everything in their power to warn those around us. The Bible says in verse 1, Go to now ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered and the rust on them uh, shall be as witness against you. And ye shall eat of your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and been in wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and have long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Folks, I want you to know something today. You're the individuals that are, that are in charge of giving the early and latter rains. You're the ones that are in charge of planting the seed and, and watching the, uh, the Lord grant the increase to it. Listen, that's what it is to save souls from death. It is, to grant the, it is to grant unto them the precious truths of God's holy word. Give unto them a reason for the hope that life within you. The Bible says, Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, be, be brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take my brethren the prophets who have spoken of the name of the Lord for an example of suffering and affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the, the patience of Job and you have seen the end of the Lord and the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. But above all things, my brethren, swear not neither by he, heaven, neither by the earth, Neither by the other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay be lay, lest ye fall into condemnation. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any married? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have com committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man of subject of like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heavens gave rain. 
and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sin. Folks, we need workers today to save souls from death. We need workers to display wisdom as it speaks of in Proverbs in chapter 11 and verse 30. Notice what it says here now. In Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30, the Bible states this, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. My friend, I want you to know something. Again, Laurel Road needs to know that it's supper time. Amen? These communities around us need to know that it's supper time. It's time. It's time because the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You're not promised that you'll ever be here tomorrow. So it'd be a wise thing for you to win souls for the glory of God. How do you do that? The only thing that you can do is go preach the gospel. It's the Holy Spirit that takes the gospel and touches the heart of an individual and quickens them and makes them alive that they see their need for the very first time. That takes godly workers. It takes wisdom. It takes understanding of the gospel. My friend, it's what God uses to bring salvation to lost souls is the preaching of the gospel. And that's your responsibility to go tell others about Jesus. I had a man to jump down, jump all over me one day when I was preaching on the responsibility of the church. He come out after me, and he come out after church, and he followed me down the sidewalk, and he was giving me what for. This was a big man. I mean, he was a big old boy, and and he was telling me to listen. I ain't no preacher, and I ain't responsible to give the gospel. And I said, "You member of the church." I said, you're responsible because God gave the order to the church to go and spread the glorious gospel, the good news of salvation. And all he could do was stand there and look at me with a confounded look. All these years, he said, it took a preacher to, be, to see somebody saved just because of what it says in the book of Romans in chapter 10. Listen, you know what a preacher is? It's somebody that, exp- it, 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 that explains the Word of God. It's somebody that lifts up their voice uh, uh, to preach the glorious salvation of Jesus Christ, to give the gospel. That's what a preacher is. Who, are, who has been sent? Matthew 11 or Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20 says it was the church that Jesus Christ commissioned to go and preach the glorious gospel to all who will hear. That's what the Bible says. The last thing I want you to think of here tonight is we need workers to gain a crown. A soul winner's crown. Folks, I don't know about you. But I want to have something to lay at the feet of Jesus. Amen. I want to have something that I can lay there that comes through the trials and the fires of trial. I want to know that what I've done for the glory of God here upon the earth is going to go through the fire of judgment in heaven and come out the other side as gold tried in the fire. Folks, I want to have something to lay at the feet of Jesus. 
I want to be able to lay something there for what He done for me at Calvary. And Daniel chapter 12, the Bible tells us very plainly as I get ready to come to a close. Daniel chapter 12, notice what it says here in verse 3. The Bible says, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. My friend tonight, I want to be able to lay something at the feet of Jesus. I want to be able to lay something at the feet of Jesus. I want to know that, that my life that I lived here upon the earth, as I give Him glory, listen, has been done so in a rightful manner. I don't do this for my own pleasure and for my own pat on the back. Listen now, I would have never chose me to preach a gospel message. I wouldn't. I, 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 today, as I stand here, I'll be honest with you, I stand here amazed that God would call me into the ministry. But know this, God has actually called every one of you into the ministry of the gospel. You've got people that you can tell about Jesus. You've got family, you've got sons and daughters that you can give the gospel to. You've got grandchildren and aunts and, and, and nieces and, and nephews that you can give the gospel to and tell them about Jesus and what He done on Calvary to save their souls. Folks, that's the responsibility of every born-again Christian that's in this house to give the reason for the hope that lies within us. What is the hope that lies within us? The glory of salvation. Listen, we can't keep that to ourselves. We're not supposed to keep that to ourselves. We're to go out and give the gospel wherever we go. Listen, you'll never know what that means to some people. I'll never forget as I used to go and and I would go visit Miss Ellie Riffitt. And I'll never forget every Saturday I would go to I would go to her house, sitting up here on the side of the road, out there on the bank and I would go to her house and every Saturday I'd give her a cassette tape that I brought back from the radio station the day before. And she would sit and listen to those cassette tapes every Sunday. That was her ability to go to church most of the times. Now she came here once or once or once in a while, but I want you to know something. It meant something to her that somebody would come to her and give her the gospel. It meant something to her as we would, as I would go there, and and you know what she would do every Saturday. I think she had tater soup every Saturday. I would sit down, and she would make me eat a bowl of potato soup. You know what? That potato soup was pretty good for a big old piece of cornbread. Every Saturday, that's how that was my supper, and I would go home again, and I would I would leave this holler, and I would be rejoicing, not only for that, but. All kinds of people up and down these roads. Listen, all they want to know is that there's a people that cares for them. Folks, do you care for the community around you? Do you care for your neighbors like you ought to? Do you care for your children and grandchildren and give them the gospel? Listen, we need soul winners. We need people that are, that are willing to, to go and tell others about Jesus. I thank God for you who have gone. I thank God for you who have who have kept kept up with the going 
and telling others about Jesus. You know, me and I, I don't mean to, to embarrass anybody, but me and Brother Manuel would go out two or three times a year and he would cover from here to Route 1, I would cover from here to Route 7, and we would work these areas three times a year, usually it's around revival time. I've been sick this year and I ain't been able to do a whole lot. But I'll tell you what, I'm thankful that there are others that are willing to stand in the gap. Amen. I'm glad that there are others who are willing to go and, and tell, tell the story of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Folks, that's what we need tonight. That's what keeps this church flourishing. Listen, if you don't, you'll dry up and die. And we don't want that here. May God help us to be, to be about the business. Willing souls, or in other words, Telling others about Jesus. The winning of souls is actually up to the Lord. All we're supposed to do is spread the gospel. May God help us to do just that. Let's all stand please.